0: welcome to the crystal guardian podcast my name is caressa and this is a show on which i share about my life as a healer and crystal artist here we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness art and spirituality giving a voice to the visionaries of today Welcome to the Crystal Guardian podcast. I am so happy you're here. Today's podcast actually was ignited, or the topic was ignited within me um, when a friend asked me a question, and the topic has been on my mind for quite some time. It's um, It's been a journey for me to move through it all. It really took me years to get to the point where I am now. A really close friend of mine asked me about this topic just the other day, and I thought that's so funny because I've been wanting to record a podcast about this, so I guess this is my sign. It was nice to have that spark of energy about the topic ignited again. So today's podcast is about plagiarism, spiritual bypassing, having copycats or being a copycat, Really everything in between those those two opposites, right? What my friend asked me was with all these crystal grid experiences that you're teaching, with all these master classes about crystal grids that you're teaching and everything that you're sharing, aren't you ever afraid that someone is going to copy you and to make something similar? She has my crystal grid guide, which is a product that I offer for people who are not able to come to my crystal grid experiences live or who just want to do it from the comfort of their own homes and and she told me you know like I'm I'm going through this process and this is exactly how you create your crystal grids and you know if I take your advice on what kind of frame and what kind of paper and what kind of you know all these different things to use then yes, at the end of the day, it is going to look similar to something that I create. Yeah, and she was wondering how I navigated that, and if I wasn't ever afraid that someone would just, yeah, go and make the same stuff that I do. And I thought, that's funny. You didn't know that that already happened (laughs) multiple times. Um, And she didn't know. So I decided to tell the story of of my experiences with people copying my work and how that made me feel and what went through that. Before I share these experiences here, this is by no means a topic that I want to um, kind of invite in drama or invite in stuff. So yeah, that's why I'm sharing from a very, very pure place, very much from my experience, from my point of view. And that's why I'm not naming any names or not naming any specifics because I feel that. Yeah, I just want to keep it about me and my experience. So I've had multiple, multiple experiences and I'm going to share a lot about, or I'm going to talk a lot about my journey in this and what it did to me later on and where I am now in the process. But first off, I just want to Share what happened to me and share how I got to the place where I am now. So one of my earliest experiences, I think, this was a few months into creating crystal grids. I was selling them through Etsy. I had a little Etsy shop, and and a girl contacted me. She she was a a Dutch girl, and she asked me if I was doing any drop shipping with my crystal grid. She was launching this spiritual website and really wanted to have my Crystal Grids in her shop. So we chatted a little bit. We talked about what was possible. I made her an offer. Um, I was really psyched about it because I thought what a cool opportunity for me to share more of the Crystal Grids really at the very, very early start. So this was kind of a big deal for me as well. And later on in the conversation, the conversation just kind of died and didn't go anywhere. And she never I think she never replied to uh, uh, one of my emails. And... Years, years, years later, I see her web shop, her online uh, web shop in an Instagram ad and it is a crystal grid that looks really similar to the crystal grids that I make. And I remembered the name of her web shop and I thought, wow, that's really interesting because she probably must have thought, well, um, this is too expensive. I can just make it myself. And then, uh, you know, years later, she she went and made it herself. And not only that, but she sold it for like half the price of my crystal grids, which, yeah, I don't think honors the, the time and effort that's put into it. And also, one of the things that in that moment really comforted me was that I could really see that the quality of the material she used, of the crystal she used, wasn't great. And... Yeah, I had other people contact me saying they purchased crystal grids from other people, and I don't know if it was her or someone else, but yeah, that the crystal started falling off, and I know with my works, the crystal grids that I make, I know I can guarantee 100%, 100% crystals will not fall off. The glue that I use is 100% foolproof only thing that has ever happened to me was like a full frame falling, crashing down on the floor, and then the crystal tore the paper off. Um, so actually the glue stayed, but it tore the paper because of the weight of the crystal. So, you know, that's the worst, worst case scenario. And that's only when there's, you know, like a severe casualty happening. Yeah, so so it felt weird because I had people um, come up to me about it. A lot of people reached out to me and and sent me DMs. Uh, I think I got like a few every week saying, Oh, is this your shop? Or is this, you know, is this someone that's copying you? I just want you to know like there's someone out there copying your work and da-da-da. And it really, it really made me feel very uncomfortable because I didn't wanna I didn't wanna reach out to her and be like, hey, this is not cool, because I didn't feel like I wanted to start any drama, but at the same time I was, you know, a little bit pissed about it. Because it was my idea you know, I'm doubting to say my idea because crystal grids is not something that I own. It's not something that I have invented. But the way that I create them is really in a specific style. You know, you can see it has my signature underneath it. And you can see that in the whole work. And this really was something that you could see it had my signature on it, basically. Um, So that was the weird thing about it. Because, of course, you can never exactly one-on-one copy a crystal grid, because every crystal is unique. And even for me, it wouldn't be possible to create the exact same crystal grid two times. And one of the stupidest things that happened with this girl was that she started following all of my friends. And, you know, even my friends that have nothing to do with spirituality or nowhere near this world, you know, like really old childhood friends started reaching out to me and saying, hey, is this your shop? Like, is is this like a new shop or a new thing that you're doing? I was like, no, that's weird. And then I got more messages, more messages. And yeah, I felt really weird because this person was obviously going through my uh, followers on Instagram and following everyone that was following me. And um, hoping that they would find her because they were interested in the things that I was making. So, you know, not cool. Really not cool. (laughs) Yeah, and that was one experience that I had. I will reflect on it a little bit more after I share my second experience. So the second experience was also very strange for me. This all happened like around the same year, I think. This was a girl that was someone that I knew through teaching yoga and she had asked me to come with me to to go to a wholesale place where I get my crystals. And by that time I was like, yes, so much fun. Join me. Really nice that you're interested. Really nice that you want to come. Like, let's make it a fun trip. When we were going to the crystal shop, there she told me like, "Oh, actually, I also want to create some crystal grids, and I want to create some for my family during Christmas and all these things." And it was like super cool. Totally do it. Um, by this time, I was also already teaching the crystal grid experiences, and I thought, "Yeah, you know, like the more people making crystal grids, the the better, like the the merrier," you know. And then when we were there at the wholesale shop, she started asking questions like, oh, so where do you get your glue and where do you get your frames or where do you get your paper and, you know, really, really specifics. And, and the more she was asking, the more I felt like, "Hmm, actually, I don't want to really want to share this because it feels like, you know, you're asking all these things that I have Um, you know, struggled with or not struggled with, but I've done, I've put a lot of effort into making sure that all these different elements of my works were perfect. And it took me years to research and to find the perfect materials and a perfect sort of paper and, you know, all these different things. It took me a lot of time, like there's a lot of time and effort put in that. And then she was just asking for me to hand it over to her on a silver platter. And I didn't feel that I had the space in that moment to say no or to say that I didn't didn't want to share that. I actually never shared my uh, glue with her, which I'm very happy about because it's kind of my secret sauce. Yeah, we finished at the wholesale. So she got a bunch of crystals. She went home, started making some crystal grids. I was still like, really, okay, cool, super cool. Do you, you, know, you make crystal grids for your family, for your friends, that's totally fine. And then all of a sudden she messaged me and she told me very enthusiastic like hey so cool a friend of mine has a shop and she's going to uh, hang one of my crystal grids there and and maybe it's gonna uh, be sold there and that's when I started feeling hmm Whoa, actually that doesn't feel good for me because I just shared all these things you know I really handed over my way that I make crystal grids on a silver platter to you I you know took you to the place where I get the most beautiful crystals I yeah all these all these different materials I really shared everything with her except for the glue but really shared everything on this silver platter and for her then to just go off and make something that looks really similar it felt painful and it felt uncomfortable and i am not someone who speaks up very easily in these cases i i can very much kind of go out of the way if there's uncomfortable situations happening but in this case i felt like no i actually i have to share with her that it really doesn't feel good for me and that and that it is hurt for me to see her take my ideas and really to take the thing that pours so authentically and so purely from my heart and to just see someone really one-on-one taking that exact same thing and then turning around and selling it. So I called her up and we ended up having a one and a half hour phone call And in this phone call, we really couldn't see eye to eye because I shared with her, hey, what you're doing is hurting me and I don't think it's okay that you are uh, copying my work like this. I think it's really cool if you want to create with crystals. I think it's really cool if you want to create crystal grids, but then make it your own and make it something that comes authentically from you. And she didn't agree with that. She thought that I didn't own I'm using air quotation marks right now she said that I didn't own the crystal grids and that I was very much very much still holding on to the idea that everything is a possession and that I was very much in my scarcity mindset and all these kind of spiritual things that I should be bigger than this and she told me that she had gone through the same thing with a product that she had and that she ended up being the bigger person and let that person just copy her work. And I told her, you know, that's really uh, cool that you did that, but that is not the case for me. And I understand where you're coming from and that you're saying that, um, you know, there's enough for everyone and that I shouldn't be afraid to lose clients or people. But that wasn't really what it was about, was it? (laughs) Because for me, it was about seeing my heart's expression copied, really copied. And she also said, you know, like, my crystal grid is different from yours. I disagreed because it was still very much, like, if you would see it in a shop, of course it's not the exact same, but people would mistake it with my work. And I think that's when you're crossing a boundary, when people are mistakenly thinking, oh, that's so-and-so's work then you know that your own authentic expression and voice is missing in that. So, yeah, we hung up and it didn't feel good. Like, we really couldn't see eye to eye, really yeah, kind of agreed to disagree on this, this topic. And I this is what I did with the other girl as well. I blocked her on Instagram because I just felt that I didn't want to share my space with her anymore. Not saying that she's a terrible person or anything like that. But I just really didn't feel comfortable with her kind of watching me in my space. And I want to keep my online space very, a safe space for me as well. So for me not to think twice about what I'm sharing, but to just show up and share what I feel I that I want to share. So I blocked her. The other girl was blocked as well and I just kind of went on with my life and had a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations with friends, uh, with other friends who also are artists and with other friends who, yeah, have experienced similar things. And I also had a talk with my mom and actually what my mom shared with me was one of the things that helped me the most. And what she shared with me was that when someone is copying your work, it just means that they haven't found their authentic expression yet. And this is something that I want to go on about in a little bit because there is also this really, really big thing of being afraid that you're not original and being afraid to steal or copy people's arts, and I never, ever, ever want anyone to to be held back from creating, from having a creative life because they're afraid they're not going to be original, because they're afraid that everything's going to be a knockoff. Because newsflash, everyone's knocking off everything that they have ever seen, experienced, and yeah, witnessed in their lives. We are all compilations of everything that we have gone through and taken in through our lives, and that is where our art comes from, that is where our expression comes from. Of course, there's also this intuitive part, and there's this part that you are connected with the universe, with the divine, and that that is moving and flowing uh, through you. But at the same time, We are the sum of what we have been through. We are the sum of our lives. So before I had the conversation with my mom, I was really coming, I was really struggling to find compassion for the other person because I knew that having feelings of, well, not hate, hate is a very big word, but being a little bit upset with someone or being feeling sort of victimized by someone or feeling that you've been treated treated unfairly, you know, it's not good for you because you are the victim. You are creating that reality for yourself. So having this conversation really flipped my perspective of being able to come from a place of compassion to the other person, seeing that they are still discovering, seeing that they are still on this journey of finding what they are wanting to share with the world because otherwise they wouldn't copy my work and allowing them to do that allowing them to have that journey of finding and also knowing that when they are ready to step into a place of authenticity that they will because no one wants to copy someone else's work everyone wants to create something that is authentically theirs yeah, I mean, it takes it takes a lot, okay, to come to that place. I know if you are an artist or a creator or anything and your work has been copied, it sucks, right? It really it it absolutely sucks. It's a terrible feeling because, you know, you put all your love and heart and attention and time and energy and blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. And, you know, usually it's years and years and years of research and development. And then someone just ups and takes it, you know? Feels unfair. It feels unfair um, because we did all that work. But yeah, after being able to come to a place of more compassion to these people that are figuring out themselves, right? That's when I started feeling peace. And that's when I started feeling comfortable to really share my process and the way that I create crystal grids. Also something that I noticed while teaching the crystal grid experiences where where I guide people to create their own crystal grids was that no one was creating the crystal grids that I was creating. You know, everyone, and that's what I encourage people to do as well, everyone was finding their own expression and what wanted to come through them in that moment. Something that Elizabeth Gilbert says in her book, Big Magic, is... That everything in the world probably already has been made, but it has not been made by you. So just go out and make stuff. And I fully agree with that. And we all start somewhere, right? We all begin at a specific place. And in the journey of becoming an artist, we have to steal. We have to get inspiration. And that's also something that I've talked a lot about with my artist friends. And I guess that there is this sort of unwritten law um, that you're being taught when you go to art school. Mind you, I did not graduate art school. I only went for one year. But kind of, you know, in between the lines, there is this notion of there is a lot of research and a lot of inspiration and inspiration and inspiration. But you are being not pushed, but you are being encouraged to develop your own ideas to the point where I started to feel resistance toward it because sometimes something just intuitively came through me and that's what I wanted to create and that just brings me a lot of joy and that should be okay too. But there is a positive side to that ongoing, never-ending, developing, experimenting that they teach you at art school because this is what makes you find your own authentic expression. When I was talking about this with my intern, Maya, she also shared that she sometimes has the the fear or that she heard from other classmates around her that they they were afraid to copy someone when they were creating art or when they were creating uh, different work and how to deal with that. And I think that's where there is a very interesting book um, that you can read, which is called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. It is a tiny little book. A really good friend of mine lent it to me, I think it was maybe five or six years ago. And to this day, it really is a book that's so close in my heart. You can really read through it in half an hour or an hour, you know, like one train rides anywhere and, um, and you have read the whole book. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful dissection of this exact topic, because it really goes into what the difference is between copying and plagiarism. And copying is something that we can do, because it means that we are taking an idea and we are dissecting it, and this is his interpretation, not mine, that we are dissecting it and then turning it into something that is our own. When we are plagiarizing, we are copying someone's work and pretending that it's our own. So it's two different things. And I think the most important thing here, and he also talks about this in the book, The most important thing here is that we don't take one source of inspiration, one person that makes one thing, and we exactly copy that. So I want to share the story of how I found my way to Crystal Grids, because of course I am not the inventor of Crystal Grids. When I first came across Crystal Grids, it was, I think, 2016. I was living in Australia I was living very close to this really small town, Byron Bay. Uh, If you've listened to other podcasts, you have probably heard about this place. And every morning I went to this cafe, a really beautiful place. They had all these natural foods and, and amazing coffees. And I sat there and I read my book. And in that shop, they had this beautifully framed crystal grid. And this crystal grid was very much the classic crystal grids that you will see if you Google crystal grid. If you type that in and you Google and you go to the images, you really see these crystal grids that are made on sacred geometric symbols, like the lines cross of these different shapes. Then those are the points where you would place a crystal. So for example, on the flower of life or the seed of life or any kind of sacred geometric shapes or symbols, Uh, You can make crystal grids and these symbols, they hold great power, they hold great potential and using them in combination with the crystals can be super powerful. So this is what I saw and I thought to myself, huh, this is really cool, I think I can make this. So I took a picture of it and kept it in a little file in my mind and stored it away for future reference. I think a year later, when I was living in the Netherlands again, I was together with Alessandro, my current partner, and I'm saying current partner because I was dating someone else when I was living in Australia. Around that time, Alessandro was moving, and I shared a little bit about this story already, and I decided to create a crystal grid for him in his new house. And when I started creating that crystal grid, I googled crystal grids, I knew that I didn't want to make something that looked exactly like the thing that she made. So I googled, I researched, and I looked online like, okay, what are people making? What is going on here? And really kind of checked in with myself, okay, and how would that look like for me? I am a very big fan of taking away different things of different people and artists and inspiration sources, kind of creating your own mix from that. So that's what I did. I immediately felt that the sacred geometric shapes and symbols, they weren't for me. It felt too constricting. And I, I could immediately sense that the crystals wanted to find their own space, their own shapes. So that already made that I was creating something very different uh, from the works that you could find online and that you could see online. And something that Austin also talks about in his book is that when you are making arts, copy the people that inspire you, copy people that you look up to, and when you are copying their work, it will never be a one-on-one copy. That's impossible. So look where you are lacking and go into that and see how you can amplify that because that is what makes you unique and that might be the gateway to your authentic expression. So I didn't have this consciously in my mind as I was going through this process, but I did kind of do that myself as well, because I was constricted. I had like a budget that I bought these crystals, but I didn't have a unlimited supply of crystals at hand to create a crystal grid with so it was just the crystals that I could find which already made that it looked also different from the crystal grids that I could find online that didn't have sacred geometric shapes and symbols underneath it because uh, usually you see those and they have tons and tons and tons of terminated points and you know like all these insanely super like a lot of the same crystal when it's all full and stacked and you know, I did I just didn't have the resources for that. So I bought the crystals I felt were good and I I made do with what I had. And what I had was actually really amazing because my style is quite minimalistic. It's very pure. When I was studying with a mentor of mine to become a crystal healer, he was laughing because I did a crystal healing with him in the room and we checked in beforehand to uh kind of pick the crystals that you that I thought I was going to need in the session and I picked just a few beforehand and he was laughing because he said that when he was doing crystal healings he would grab so many crystals and get them all in the room and when I was picking mine he was kind of getting a little bit anxious because he was like why is she not grabbing more like how does she know you know what if she needs this one or what if she needs that one and For me, actually, I've always had this, also with picking clothes, with picking anything, really. I have a very clear vision and clear mind of what I will need and what I want. So there's not too much else. There's not a lot around that. So I can be very clear with, these are the ones I need, and that's it. So that's also reflected in my work. So all these different aspects that you wouldn't mainly think, would be factors in the process of creating art actually were a big factor in the creation of my very first crystal grids and what formed the basis the foundation of the crystal grids that I make today so I've mentioned it before but when copying when getting inspiration from other people I think it is one of the most important things that you are not picking from one single source, but that you look at, okay, who inspires me? Who are my mentors? Who are the artists that I look up to? And you really dive into their worlds. You don't just copy the way that it looks, but you want to copy the way that they think, You want to understand the way that they think and why they are creating the art that they are creating. You don't just want to make something that looks like it. You want to make something that feels like it. And that's a big difference. And when you start doing that, probably accidentally you will find your authentic expression because you will never make something that is a one-on-one copy of someone else. And something that I want to share here is that it's okay if you feel that you are creating in the same way as one of your mentors in the beginning. At one point, yes, I would want to challenge you to create something that feels so authentically you that is unlike anything you've ever seen. And it just feels so right. Like it feels right in every single fiber and every single bone of your body. That's where you're going to go. But to get there, you have to go through the process of taking a little bit from this person, taking a little bit from that person, and then making your own mix. A very funny example that I have to add to this is that when I launched this podcast, I actually got a few people that reached out to me that said, hey, it's really funny because when I listen to you and when I listen to the podcast of Rachel Brathen, um, who's also known as Yoga Girl. Her podcast is called Conversations from the Heart or the Yoga Girl podcast. I did my yoga teacher training with her in Aruba and I've followed her for such a long time. She is really someone that I look up to and one of my mentors, one of my teachers. And these people, they started reaching out to me and said, hey, actually, when I listen to your voice, when I listen to you speak, it sounds so much, so much like her, you know, I was like, I'm not surprised because I have listened probably to every single episode, podcast episode that this girl has ever recorded. And that is a lot of hours listening to one person. Of course, I'm going to be influenced by that. They also say that if you take the, if you take the income of the five closest people around you, and you take the average of that, probably it will be very close to your own income. And that's how it works with our ideas as well. This is something Austin talks about in him, his book as well. So we are the sum of the people around us, the experiences around us, and yeah, what we take in. And that's okay. We are allowed to be influenced as long as at the end of the day, it's your authentic expression yeah, something else. Like my brother, he listens to these YouTube videos like, oh, what's the game called again? RUNSCAPE. He he watches RUNSCAPE YouTube videos. When I first heard one of those videos, I was like, holy shit, that's my brother. That's the, the exact way that he laughs. That's the exact way that he speaks. And he was just influenced because he was listening to Hours and hours and hours of that person speaking and that person talking. And that person is probably also the sum of the people that he's looking up to and the people that are in his or her life. One more thing. So, this is one little point of this whole story. One more thing that Austin shares in his book, what I want to share with you is good theft versus bad theft. So, first, the good. This is when we honor, when we study when we steal from many, when we credit, when we transform, and when we remix. The bad, or I would say not encouraged way of going about this for your own personal growth and for your own personal joy and happiness is when you degrade, when you skim, when you steal from one, when you plagiarize, when you imitate, or when you rip off. Yeah, I wouldn't rip off. You know, no one wants to do that. Know that if you are feeling pressured, also something that I experienced when I started getting into watercolor, I started going into so many different pictures that I found on Pinterest and trying to recreate these paintings. And that's how you learn to paint, right? That is okay. But when we go and post that on our Instagram, for example, and not post credits or the, people, the person that you copied it from, if you know who that person is, or if you end up selling that, I would say that's not okay. Or at least that doesn't feel in alignment with my feelings and with my expression. And it's up to you to feel when you feel that, it, that it's good to you. I am not here to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. I'm just here to share my experience being on both sides of the spectrum, right? I have had that feeling when I was watercoloring, like, oof, I, I don't know if I can post this on my Instagram. I don't know if I can, uh, you know, people reaching out to me asking if they can uh, buy a painting that I made. And yeah, it it didn't feel good for me. I felt very conflicted in that. But In that, know that it's okay to experiment, know that it's okay to to take inspiration from wherever you can find it, because life is here to be experienced, and it would be such a waste if you would let any of this stop you from finding your creativity. I think the only way to find your authentic expression is by doing it, so stop thinking about it, stop overthinking it. Don't do it only when you feel that you have got something really original and authentic because through the copying and through the plagiarizing, not plagiarizing by the way, but through the copying, you will find your way accidentally probably to your authentic expression and to your authentic voice. A quote that I want to end this with is from Andre Guide, if I'm pronouncing this right. And it says, everything that needs to be said has already been said. But since no one was listening, everything must be said again. And it ties so beautifully to uh, what Elizabeth Gilbert shares in her book. Everything has already been made, but it has not yet been made by you. So go out and make stuff and make it your own, dive into that person that inspires you, dive into their world, read everything about them, devour every book, every source on the internet, everything, dive, 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 dive deep, and then go and create stuff, and then find someone else, or find the person that they are inspired by, and dive into their world, and experiment, and research, and go into it, and make stuff, See what happens, see what happens. But never let any of this hold you back from having a creative life because I think that is one of the most happiest lives that we can have. So my wish for you is that upon listening to this, you feel fire to go out and create. And maybe if you have been on the other side of someone copying you, that's you can feel a little bit more compassion for that person because we are all on this journey and we don't all have to be already at step 100. We can also meet someone at their step two and that that's okay and that they can take their time to get there and that we don't always have to be perfect human beings. We can struggle, we can mess up, we can do the wrong thing and then we can still be good people. We can still have good intentions. One more thing that I wanted to share on my experience with the girl that was sharing these things of you're coming from a scarcity mindset and uh, there is enough for us all. And yes, I do believe that those things are true. I believe that having a scarcity mindset is not good. I believe that believing in abundance, that there is enough for everyone, is good. But I also believe that if your actions are hurting someone else, then that's an invitation to you if you feel that you want to do that to someone. And of course, you're not responsible for everyone. That's also a spiritual process. That's also an energetic exchange. You can do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, don't we want to be kind? Don't we want to be understanding? Don't we want to be compassionate? Yeah, I'm not saying anyone was in the wrong or anyone was in the right but i have my point of view and i hope that hearing all of this you will be able to come from a place of love into any situation that you come across and if you let your heart be the guide you will end up at the right place i promise i promise okay thank you thank you thank you for listening for being here i am having so much fun with these podcasts i hope you are enjoying listening to them if you can please 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 leave a review give some stars say a few words Uh, on apple Podcasts. it helps me so much in reaching people who need to hear these words or are in alignment with what i'm sharing right now if you want to share it on instagram that would make me so happy And yeah, I hope you have an incredible day. I hope you have some beautiful inspirations coming your way and speak soon.